Please turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We begin reading at verse 13 and read through verse 18 in Jesus' name. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Father, these are words that you have given to us by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit. Words of truth, O God, and I pray that you would apply them to our lives today, that you would give to us these uh, words of comfort in times of grief. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Joseph Bailey was flying from Chicago to Los Angeles one day. And sitting next to him was a woman from Palm Springs, California. And knowing Palm Springs to be a city of the rich and famous, he asked, what is Palm Springs like? Her answer was was really quite startling. She said, Palm Springs is a beautiful place filled with unhappy people. So, Joseph Bailey took advantage of the opportunity, and he asked the question, Are you unhappy? And she said, Yes, I certainly am. And when asked why, she said, I can answer it in one word, and that word is mortality. She went on to say, Until I was 40, I had perfect eyesight. Shortly after, I went to the doctor because I couldn't see as well as I could see before. Ever since that time, these corrective lenses have been assigned to me that not only are my eyes wearing out, but I'm wearing out too. Someday I'm going to die. I really haven't been happy since that time. The older we get, I suppose the more we realize that unless Jesus comes, we are going to die. The odds are not in our favor, okay? (laughs) One out of one die, unless Jesus comes before that day that we die. And that fact is never easy to face, even for those who know the Lord. We know where we're going, right? If you know Jesus. And yet there's still something about death that gives us fear, gives us 
apprehension. And I've seen that in many believers as they've come to that place of recognizing that the end was, was near. But when we stand on the promises of God's word, we can have a confidence as we face death because for the believer in Jesus, it is not the end. It is not the final chapter when we leave this world. As Paul writes to the Thessalonian congregation in our text, he seems to be addressing a specific question they had. He had already told them about the hope of the second coming of Jesus, but some among them had already died. And the Thessalonians were wondering if those who had already died would somehow miss out on the second coming. Paul's answer to that question is a resounding no. They will not miss out on the second coming. In fact, all believers in Jesus will experience the comfort of a blessed rest, the comfort of a blessed resurrection, and the comfort of a blessed reunion. That's my outline, but still keep listening, okay? Fill in some blanks in between. Notice, first of all, the comfort of a blessed rest. I find it interesting that Paul uses the word asleep or falling asleep to describe death. Three times, in fact, verse 13, so that you will not grieve as, excuse me, we do not want to be unaware, uninformed brethren about those who are asleep. Verse 14, even so God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. And then verse 15, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Now that is not something I want you to do during the message, okay? Not sleeping nor dying, okay? Stay awake and, and stay alive. So why does Paul describe death as falling asleep. Now, it's obvious that Paul isn't talking here about what some would call soul sleep. You've heard that teaching? Soul sleep, that when a person dies, they kind of enter this state of limbo where they're not really conscious until the resurrection comes. There is no basis in Scripture for that teaching at all. When a believer in Jesus dies, there continues to be a very conscious existence. For example, Jesus said, remember, to the thief on the, on the cross, Today you will be with me in paradise. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, To be absent from the body is what? To be present with the Lord, or to be at home with the Lord. Philippians 1.23, Paul says to depart and be with Christ is far better. So when the believer dies, he goes to be with Jesus and his soul continues to live on in a very conscious existence. D.L. Moody once said, Someday you will read in the paper that D.L. Moody died. Don't believe it. 
He said, I will be more alive then than I am now. A conscious awareness in the presence of Jesus. So we're not talking about soul sleep. The believer does not fall asleep and enter some kind of a state of of unconscious limbo. Instead of sleep for the soul, what Paul is talking about here is sleep or rest for the body. Revelation 14, 13 says that at death the body experiences a rest and it describes it as a blessed rest. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. They will rest from their labor for their deeds will follow them. What a wonderful promise that is. One day the battle will be over. One day the race will have been won and we will be at rest in the presence of Jesus. The story is told of a little girl who was dying of a dreaded disease. And the doctor told the mother that she may not make it through the night, so the mother sought to comfort her with thoughts of of heaven. She said, darling, you know you will soon hear the music of heaven. You will hear a sweeter song than you've ever heard on earth. You're so fond of music. Won't that be sweet, honey? The tired little girl turned her head slowly and said, Oh, Mother, I'm so, so sick. I, I just can't think of listening to music. So her Mother said, Well, you will see the streets of gold. Think of it, you'll see all those beautiful angels. Again, the sick little child turned to her mother and said, Oh, Mother, I am too sick to even think of such things. Then desperately, the mother was wondering what in the world could she say. And she said, darling, come, let me hold you quietly in my arms. And the little girl said, oh, mama, that is what I want. If Jesus will only take me in his arms and let me rest. (laughs) Take me in his arms and let me rest. The comfort of A blessed rest. Oh, what a day that will be. Paul also speaks about the comfort of a blessed resurrection. When death comes to the believer, a separation takes place between the soul and the body. That's what happens at death. The soul goes to be with the Lord. The body goes into the ground. And soul and body then are separated. If this weren't true, then Paul's words in these verses really wouldn't make any sense. Look at at verse 14. Paul says that God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. But in verse 16, Paul says that the dead in Christ will rise first. So how can he bring with him those who have fallen asleep? And at the same time, the dead in Christ will rise first. Well, at death, body and soul are separated. At resurrection, they are reunited again. And that will not be a problem for Jesus. That will not be a problem to reunite soul and body, even though there have been bodies that have been in the grave for centuries. If he created us from dust, 
It won't be a problem to resurrect us from dust. And so at the resurrection day, our soul and our body will be reunited. Listen to what Jesus said, John 5, verse 28. He said, do not marvel at this. For an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come forth. Remember when Lazarus was raised from the dead? What did Jesus say? He said, Lazarus, come forth. (laughs) And Lazarus was resurrected to life. And someone has said it's a good thing he said, Lazarus, come forth, rather than saying just come forth, because all those of the grave would have come forth. That's going to happen one day. All who are in the tombs will hear his voice and will come forth. A blessed resurrection. In contrast to those who don't know the Lord, The resurrection of the believer will be a resurrection unto life. It won't be just believers whose bodies will be raised from the dead, because every person will experience resurrection, but some will be resurrected not unto life, but unto judgment. That's why we have mission work. Because there are people that don't know Jesus, and one day they too will come forth, and apart from Christ, they will be resurrected unto judgment. Revelation 20 describes that. A great white throne. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, they were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. That's why we're here today. That's why we, as believers in Jesus, use those open doors that God gives us. That's why we send missionaries to Brazil and Mexico and India and the uttermost parts of the earth. Because there are people that need to know Jesus. And apart from Him, there is no hope. But notice what the Bible says about the resurrection of the believer. Revelation 20, verse 6 says, Blessed and holy are those who have part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them. Now, when you see the second death, what's the question you ask? What's the first death? First death is when our bodies die. The second death is eternal death. It is the lake of fire. And so blessed is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over him. Someone has put it this way. If you are born once, you die twice. But if you are born twice, you die once. Some of you have a very confused look on your face. If you are born once, if all, the, all that you experience is being born physically, and you are not born again spiritually, you die twice, physically and eternally. If you are born twice, you are born into this world, and you are born again by the Spirit of God, the only death you'll experience is physical death, and maybe not even that, if Jesus comes again. 
And that's the great hope that we have. The resurrection of the believer is blessed because it is a resurrection with a new body. We aren't given great detail about what our new bodies will be like. But I would imagine the older you get, the more you long for one, right? Anybody want a new body? Need a new one? (laughs) My brother Dean, he's getting really old. He wants a new body. What will our bodies be like? No more pain. No more crying. No more mourning. No more death. Revelation 21. Philippians 3, verses 20 and 21 says that our lowly bodies will be transformed like unto His glorious body. 1 John 3, 2 says that we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. That's just a small number of verses we could point to what our bodies will be like. What a wonderful promise that is. An army, army chaplain tells of having spent the night with his brigade out in the open, no tents, just under the stars. And it snowed that night. And so when he got up, he had to rush off the snow, and he looked, and there were these mounds of bodies all over the field with a layer of snow on them. And he said one by one there would be someone that would wiggle and stand up and brush the snow off and look around like, what in the world happened? And he said, one by one, he said, they were like as if they were rising from the grave. It's not going to happen one by one. It's going to be like that, right? When Jesus comes again, the dead in Christ will rise first. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And if we happen to be alive at that time, at that moment, we shall be changed. How long is the twinkling of an eye? Just like that. A blessed resurrection. So a blessed rest, a blessed resurrection, and thirdly, the comfort of a blessed reunion. When death comes for the believer, we can't help but rejoice for them, right? When my mom and dad went to be with the Lord, I rejoiced for them. Rest had come. The race had been finished. The battle had been won. And we rejoiced for them. The believer is transported from their home on earth to their new home in heaven. They're relocated to a place of glory and majesty and beauty. I read about a Philadelphia legal firm that sent flowers to an associate in Baltimore upon the opening of their new offices. And there was a mix-up on the ribbon that was put on the flowers. The plural piece said this, deepest sympathy. Well, when the florist was informed of her mistake, she said, good heavens, the flower, the flowers that went to the funeral home said, congratulations on your new location. That's what it is, isn't it? It's a new location. 
Our citizenship is in heaven. They will be in a new place and it will be glorious. However, those who are left behind, and we've all experienced that, haven't we? We who are alive and remain, those of us who are left behind, there's a sorrow when someone we love dies. And Paul describes that. He says, brothers, we don't, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who are asleep so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. Now, notice he doesn't say we don't grieve. We do grieve. We sorrow. And all of us, in one degree or another, have experienced that. But Paul says we do not sorrow like those who have no hope. And I've seen that sorrow. I've seen that sorrow many times in my ministry. We had a lot of funerals when we were up in Cloquet, and then many of them were not from our congregation. And you sit down with families that have nothing to stand on at that time. It is such a sad thing. Families that some of them told me, we don't want any music at the funeral. Imagine going to a funeral service and hearing no music at all. I said, not even some prelude and postlude, no music. I said, can I ask you why you don't want any music? There's value in music. There's nothing to sing about, they said. Nothing to sing about. We grieve, but it's a whole different kind of grief. It's a hopeful grief. Why? Because Paul says, here's what's going to happen. Verse 15. He says, For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds. To meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. And that's why Paul says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. This speaks of a reunion, doesn't it? It's a family reunion, the family of God. And what a day that will be when when we meet in the air and see those who have gone before us who love Jesus. So there is a a time of, of separation. But there's going to be a time of a wonderful reunion. In John chapter 13, Jesus told his disciples that he was going to leave them. And he said to them, where I am going, you cannot come, but you will come later. 
And they were obviously troubled by that. They had spent those three years with him, and now he was telling them that there would be this time of separation. And that's when Jesus began that in chapter 14 by saying, Let not your hearts be troubled. Literally translated, it could be, Stop letting your heart be troubled. Because it was, they were experiencing that. And what did he say? He said, In my Father's house, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, what do you say? I will come again. And I will receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. That's the word of Jesus. That's the promise of our Savior. And I know some of you have just recently lost loved ones. We've had funerals just, what, yesterday and today and this coming Saturday. In Jesus, we have hope. And it's a living hope. Peter describes it as a living hope because of the resurrection from the dead. We're just saying, I will rise. (laughs) That's the joy that we can share today. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you and we praise you for this word of encouragement, this word of of comfort, a blessed rest, a blessed resurrection, a blessed reunion. Lord, I pray if there's someone here this morning that does not know you as Savior, Lord Jesus, that they would realize that one day death will come their way unless you come before that time. And there's only one way to be ready for that day, and that is to know Jesus. In that 14th chapter of John, Jesus went on to say, I am the way, the truth, the life. And no one comes to the Father but by me. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the one mediator between we who are sinful people and a holy God. And it was your sacrifice, your payment for our sins on the cross, that we can have a right relationship with the Father. Oh, Lord, do your work in our midst this morning. Encourage and strengthen and call us to yourself, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen.